0: Welcome to Stuff from the Science Lab from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, Allison, did you hear about the statistician who stuck his head in a stove and his feet in a bucket of ice?
0: Oh, no. What happened?
1: On average, he felt just fine. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh.
0: So, welcome to the Stuff in the Science Lab. This is Allison Ladermilk, the science editor at HowStuffWorks.com.
1: And this is Robert Lamb, science writer at HowStuffWorks.com.
0: And we bring to you that joke, compliments of Terry, in Grass Valley, California.
1: Yep. That's my wife's aunt, actually. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> You're soliciting jokes from your wife's aunt?
1: Well, I solicited everybody, and she's a listener to the podcast. So.
0: Thanks, Aunt Terry.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's, let's hit, get right to the topic here. We're talking about... Uh,
0: Diamonds. Diamonds and whether um, they're a scientist's best friend,
1: right? And now you already have a diamond, right? I do. You're of course married, and
0: I, I well, let's let's just stop that assumption right there. You know, of course, you know that you don't have to get a diamond right, when you're married. Right. And yes, I am in fact married. But I mean, you know, it could be something. Yeah, there else. are other ways. Yes, but
1: I do see a diamond on your hand right now, so yes. I know you have a diamond.
0: Yeah, well, it could be a it could be a really good fake, right?
1: It could be. That's yes, yes, certainly. Uh, and we're about to get, in, get into that. Like, let's, let's go ahead and hit exactly what. We're going to hit some really cool diamonds in this uh, particular podcast. Yeah. We're not going to just some talk.
0: out-of-this-world diamonds. Yeah,
1: some real spacey diamonds. Um, <laughs> and diamonds that, like, live in the jungle. It's going to be great. But to really understand why these are awesome, we do have to hit the basics. Yeah, of diamond.
0: diamond formation.
1: Yeah. So a diamond, as awesome as it may look in the store or on a finger or, or whatever, is just carbon in its most concentrated form. All right. Right. You, know, you remember how um, Superman could like squeeze like a, a lump of coal and make it into a diamond. Yes. That's 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 it. That's basic. That's the basics of it. All right. Uh, carbon is one of the most common elements in the world. Right. right? You it's guys in, know this. Yep. It's in the air all around us Um, and it's in our bodies like we're 18 percent carbon. Um, You know, so it's everywhere. Uh, And but we just Superman or more. More uh, commonly, the Earth has not squeezed us into a shiny, beautiful uh, crystal. Uh, diamonds form about 100 miles uh, below the Earth's surface in the molten rock of the Earth's mantle. Yep. Right, And this is where you find the right amounts of pressure and heat to transform the carbon. Uh, for it, in order for a diamond to be created, carbon has to be placed uh, under at least 435,113 pounds per square inch of pressure at a temperature Of at least 752 degrees Fahrenheit. So, those are, that's the recipe if you're planning to cook one up at home.
0: Right. And so, if conditions drop below either of these two points, graphite, no diamond. Stuck
1: with graphite. Nobody wants a graphite ring.
0: Not so much. Most diamonds that we see today were formed millions, if not billions, of years ago.
1: Yeah. They're carried up to the surface through powerful magma eruptions. And they can also form um, when uh, meteorites uh, crash into things. That's interesting. Yeah, and... Uh,
0: you have all that metal and heat and...
1: Yeah, it's like metal, heat, you know, pressure, and you get that... You can also get get this in a laboratory, and that's... Because like, everybody's heard of cubic zirconium. hmm And um, this is just a laboratory, gym, and we've, these have been on the market since like 1976. Uh, and laboratories just basically simulate the heat and pressure from the Earth's mantle that create natural diamonds.
0: So you know what I heard?
1: What'd you hear? I heard
0: that um, there's a trend in weddings, you know, because we do the TLC weddings. Oh, yeah. A lot of articles for that. And um, I was—I heard that there is, if you can't afford a ring, then mm-hmm. maybe you get a, a cubic zirconium like placeholder kind of thing when you propose, and then when you can afford it, you you work up to the diamond.
1: Well, that's a very honest way of doing it. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. I'm
1: I'm of the mind that I think you know cubic zirconium looks pretty good.
0: No, did you get your wife a diamond ring?
1: Uh, they were How did that work? they were diamonds that were already in the family.
0: Ah, um, okay. So it's an heirloom.
1: Ring. Yeah, that's
0: really. cool. Just wondered.
1: Yeah. So, yeah that's how we we did it and now it, this is pretty interesting um uh, over at the um ig nobel prizes they uh, uh in the past few years they've uh, they've uh, given honors to um scientists from the uh, university of mexico the national autonomous uh, university of mexico interesting uh for creating diamonds out of eighty proof tequila
0: <laughs> well it's not really diamonds but diamond
1: films right right yeah but <laughs>
0: so what they did here was their uh they're evaporating the tequila, and they're heating the vapor above uh, 1,400 degrees Fahrenheit before depositing it on silicon or uh, stainless steel trays. And so the the films that they wound up with were between 100 to 400 nanometers in diameter and free of impurities.
1: Yeah, they're hard, they're heat-resistant, and this is the, the key thing. They have a number of, of commercial applications, um, such as cutting tools, right. um, optical electronic devices, Um got like I, I, in researching this, I ran across like some sort of weird experiment with like cut, cutting into a mouse mouse's brain with a like a special like surgical kind of tool that's made from diamond.
0: You can't see me, but I'm cocking my head, looking at Robert, like what? <laughs> it was really
1: weird. I was like, I, I ended up not using it, but yet I'm bringing it up. But, but still, um, uh, another big thing: oil rigs use diamonds uh, in the uh, in the drill bits as well. So, um, uh, and and also it has a since it is a real good thermal conductor. Uh, It's going to be really useful in uh, semiconductors and computers of the future and all.
0: So So the interesting thing about this University of Mexico research uh, that I thought was, well, how would they come up with the idea of using tequila and and diamonds? How do those two things really go together? And so they noticed that uh, tequila, 80-proof tequila, had the ideal proportion of ethanol to water to create these
1: diamond films. Or they were drinking a little tequila, and they're like, I bet you can make a diamond out of this.
0: (laughs) Is that what you guys do in the lab? Drink tequila after your work is done? Tell us, we want to know.
1: <laughs> so, those are the basics of of how diamonds are made, how they can be made here on earth. But uh they can also be made elsewhere um in the uh, in the galaxy. With
0: the giant cosmic diamonds. Yeah.
1: Now, here on earth, do you know what the largest diamond is? I don't. Like the largest like cut kind of diamond that has like a name and is so I would have
0: said the Hope Diamond.
1: No, apparently it is the Golden Jubilee, and that is a 546-carat deal. It looks kind of – it like, kind of fits in the palm of your hand <laughs> and is currently owned by the King of Thailand. And it was presented to him for his 50th anniversary of his coronation in 97. But that's nothing. I mean – Yeah? That's, I mean, it's, it's great if you look. What do you Earth, have to, but, to rival uh, Golden Ju- Jubilee? Oh, not rival, but surpass in ways that can't trample. even be measured. Yes, you completely trample. It's like that's just a trinket compared to this. Um and this is uh BPM thirty-seven
0: zero ninety-three. Oh, that's, okay. a, that's a really great name for a diamond.
1: Uh, it, well, it's a super—I it, mean, it, it's a white dwarf, is uh, is what it is, and uh, it's also known as Lucy, as in Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds.
0: That's nice. Yeah,
1: it, and it's uh, fifty light years away,
0: and about four thousand kilometers across. Yep. And here's here's how much it weighs. It weighs five million trillion trillion pounds.
1: And those, both of those trillions are supposed to be there. This, that, that was not a a flub.
0: I did, I did wonder if you made an error on that. No,
1: and it would, if it were measured in carrots. Well, well, real quick, the the whole weight thing is because it's like super dense, so mm-hmm. that's why that's why it weighs so much, even though it's relatively small for that weight. But then, if you were to put that in in carats, this would be a ten billion trillion trillion carat diamond.
0: Again, with a trillion trillion, yeah. so we're talking some mad carats.
1: I love I, I love it when people throw in the extra like. uh I think Cormac McCarthy's always talking like like looking up there's like a million million stars or like anytime you can throw like an extra yeah. million in there it sounds awesome yeah and it's actually uh, it's actually a number so uh, this is a pulsating pulsating white dwarf uh, it's a burnout star of the CC Zeti variety okay if that means anything to you and most people it won't but that's its technical um, classification and it's primarily carbon and oxygen with a thin layer of hydrogen and helium. And it's massive enough to have undergone partial crystallization. In fact, we're talking upwards of 90% of, of it has crystallized, according to some astronomical studies.
0: So the questionnaire is, how can we tell that it's a diamond? You know, yeah. how, did, how, how did they know?
1: Well, yeah, they, they didn't like just look in the catalog or see it on somebody's uh, finger. It's, uh, the, the white dwarf undergoes pulsations, all right? And uh, scientists are able to study these puls- pulsations in a similar way that we study size, uh, seismographic measurements, of terrestrial earthquakes, right, and that gives us an idea of what's happening in the interior. Okay, all right.
0: So they think the carbon interior of this particular white dwarf has solidified to form the galaxy's largest diamond.
1: Right. That's what that's what the theories are saying. Nobody's certainly nobody's traveled there, and we don't, you know, we don't know one hundred percent for sure. But well,
0: wait until after they hear this podcast. We might have some jewel thieves like high talent it.
1: Yeah, they're, they're they've got a ways to go. They're gonna have to <laughs> really hot rod something. But um, but yeah, this is like i it mean it's just kind of staggers you can't help but think of like a little person like riding it through the cosmos you know i mean that's enormous uh 5 million trillion trillion pounds of diamond um you know it hasn't been cut yet or you know or it certainly hasn't been uh, been set in anything but uh that's enormous and and pro- they're saying it's probably like one of the biggest in the at least the observable universe then there've been other ideas that like jupiter might have like a giant diamond in its core um, and that's kind of, you know... Right,
0: some of the gas giants in our solar system. Yeah,
1: and that's kind of up in the air. um, um It's not
0: as exciting as that other diamond. It's
1: not as exciting, and n- nobody nobody really knows for certain about it yet. Um, well, that's
0: because most of the chemical research involving diamonds in our solar system so far has really dealt with micro-diamonds, right? Yeah. Um, the micro-diamonds found in asteroids and, you know, then meteors and meteorites. So these are created in the high heat and pressure of the collisions, which create these little tiny microdiamonds are rocky fragments. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh luckily there are there is something within our or there might be something within our solar system that is just as fantastic as a enormous um you know star diamond. Yeah. Uh, and that is the idea of uh, I get this all right, Imagine this in your head if you can. It sounds like in like an Asia album cover or something. But <laughs> an ocean of liquid diamond filled with with solid diamond icebergs. All right, floating under like the the Neptune Neptunian sky, yeah. Like, isn't that crazy? And yet there's uh, there's some interesting studies that say this might actually be what uh, the case is.
0: Right, and it's not just on Neptune too. It's uh, don't they also postulate that it might be on Uranus?
1: Yes, possibly on Uranus as well. A uh, 2010 study out of uh, Livermore National Laboratory in Livermore, California, published in Nature Physics, and basically it comes down to this: um, we've melted diamonds in the lab. It sounds kind of crazy. But, Why would you melt a diamond? Well, it's, it's science. Prove you can do it, right? <laughs> but uh, but no. I know it, some brides who would be highly <laughs> upset
0: at that prospect.
1: Do, yeah, if you bring a diamond melter to a wedding, that's just so poor taste. But <laughs> but uh, all right. So but a diamond is it is incredibly hard material, and it's very difficult to melt. Right. Um, and and but it's also difficult to melt in that if you melt a diamond, it's hard to keep it a diamond. You know, mm-hmm. like it, you'll end up with just with graphite or something. You know. So they have to go through a certain rigmarole just to just to make sure that it melts in the right way.
0: Right. So what happens is researchers blasted um a diamond.
1: Just like a small diamond, uh, you know, n- nothing nothing with a name okay. on it or a curse.
0: So researchers blasted this small diamond with lasers at uh, ultra high pressures like those found on gas giants like a uh,
1: like Neptune and Uranus, yeah. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, the, the scientists liquefied the diamond Liquefied the diamond at pressures 40 million times uh, greater than what you'd uh, find standing at sea level on Earth. Wow, so, that's some serious pressure. Yep. Yeah. And they were slowly reduced. Uh, then they slowly reduced the temperature and pressure. And when the pressure dropped to about 11 million times the atmospheric pressure at sea level uh, here on Earth and, and the temperature dropped to about 50,000 degrees, guess what happened?
0: Chunks of diamond.
1: Yep. Began to appear in little islands of diamond, liquid diamond. I mean, this is really hard for me to even imagine like this in my head.
0: You know, uh, the best image I have right now, I'm I'm trying to summon up some fabulous, you know, kind of pirate treasure, mm -hmm. you know, gold medallions, you know, treasure chests open. But I keep on thinking of the Goonies. Did you ever see that when they get to the end, you know, and Uh there's like the, the ships with all like the treasure all around and the fabulous jewels and stuff. That's the best I can come up with here. As far as a visual of a diamond ocean.
1: Yeah. It's just completely, I mean, otherworldly, you know? Um, so. Now that I've
0: talked about the Goonies, (laughs) let's get back to (laughs) diamond.
1: Yeah. But the other thing is that the, uh, the chunks of diamond didn't sink. They floated in this Mm -hmm. diamond ocean. Uh, and uh, and they think that this could actually help explain some of like the cool, the weird stuff going on with the magnetic field there. Yep. Um, the magnetic and geographic poles on Uranus and Neptune don't really match up. Um, in fact, uh, they can be up to like sixty degrees off um, off the of the uh, north south axis.
0: So to put that in perspective, um, if Earth's magnetic field were that far off, it would place the magnetic north pole in Texas instead of off a Canadian island. And what what researchers think might be possible is that a swirling ocean of liquid diamond could be responsible for the discrepancy. Yeah. Well, so if you think about it, up to 10% of Uranus and Neptune is estimated to be made from carbon. So a huge ocean of liquid diamond in the right place could deflect or um, otherwise skew the magnetic field out of alignment with the rotation of the planet. Yeah, Discovery News had a story about that.
1: Yeah, they did. And it's also important to keep in mind, we're talking about uh, gas planets here and... um, but, but there is a lot of liquid in them as well. It's not like just gas, uh, and and then there's you know the possibility of like something solid at the center, not a diamond necessarily, but you know something, you know so, something solid. So yeah, I was just really blown away by that finding about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but now it's time to bring it back down to earth for our last little diamond um, story in this diamond smorgasbord we're going through here, and uh, and this creature is pretty amazing. It's uh, an inch long, iridescent. Weevil, a little, not not a weasel, but a weevil, like an insect, named, uh, do you want to take a shot at this one?
0: Uh, sure, I will. Lamprocyphus Augustus.
1: Yeah. and It's native to Brazil, and you can, you can, uh, you can look up pictures of it online, and it does look amazing. It's like sparkly and green, like it's just, it seems to sort of shine with its own energy. Um, but otherwise, it's, it's kind
0: like, of like a bling weev- weevil.
1: Yeah, it's like, yeah, like weevil bling going on <laughs> in the, uh, the Amazon, uh, uh, rainforest.
0: So a bunch of University of Utah chemists were pretty fascinated with this particular beetle, and they found out that the beetle glows iridescent green because it has a crystal structure in its scales that's like the crystal structure of diamonds.
1: Right. Um, and the the cool thing is they think that this is a, an ideal structure, uh, like an ideal architecture for uh, what's called photonic crystals. They okay. can be used to manipulate visual light in ultra-fast optical computers in the future. So you know what we're talking about with the tequila diamonds, like being able to use those little, little like, like the diamond films, the diamond films and computing. Like they're talking about, like basically they went out into the jungles and they were like, "Whoa, nature as always is, you know, light years ahead of us on this one." And they already have like some really cool stuff that we could utilize. Now, really cool stuff we could utilize in design. We couldn't actually harvest, um, you know, iridescent weevils <sighs> and uh, you know and, and use their scales because these are made out of chitin. Like your fingernail, all right? So they, they wouldn't hold up uh, enough for long term use. You'd have to just you'd go through weevil after weevil, you know, <gasps> just checking your email, I guess, in the future. Right, um, that's
0: no good for the weevils.
1: But the idea is to is to is to copy it, you know? Right, biomimicry. Yeah, biomimicry. yeah. and uh, all together now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, it's it's interesting when you look at these pictures. The the weevil looks green, but its sparkling green color is actually produced by the crystal structures of its scales, not not any kind of pigment or anything. Yeah, each each scale measures like 200 microns and uh, long and about like 100 microns wide. And to put that in a little perspective, like a human hair is about 100 microns thick. So these are these are tiny little things. It's not like the thing. It doesn't look like it's studded with green diamonds. And green light, which has a wavelength of about 500 to 550 nanometers, it can't penetrate the scale's crystal structure. So it acts like a mirror and reflects the green light and makes it appear to you know anybody looking at it. Uh, to, to be just iridescently green.
0: I would like to see one of these. I think I might have to go look it up when we uh, are finished with podcasting. Yeah,
1: the photos are amazing, but, I mean, it's one of those things I'd like to see, yeah, physically. And, like, so you can sort of, like, move your head around it and sort of get a you know 360 on it and watch the light moving because it just sounds like it would look magical.
0: Yeah, we um, should get one for the office.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they'd probably spring for that An <laughs> <laughs> infestation of them. Um, you know, throw one in the laptops, maybe they'd run faster, right? So, so that's just another it, it, that's an, another example of diamonds in the universe, uh, or diamond-like structures in the universe, and and one that you're probably not going to pay uh, you know out the nose for if you were <sighs> you know if you were to travel to the Amazon jungle. I'm betting one of these bugs would be would be cheaper than your more uh, you know um, high market diamonds.
0: Yeah, so it seems like diamonds aren't only a girl's best friend; they may be a scientist's best friend, or at least they may provide some
1: impetus for some interesting research. And that's- Indeed. Whether you're drilling for oil or cutting into a mouse's brain.
0: So if you have thoughts on diamonds and want to share them with us, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, send us an email at science stuff at or check out the homepage. We have articles on diamonds. In fact, there's a good one about um, diamond heists.
1: Yeah, and we also have uh, one. I think our diamond article itself goes into blood diamonds quite a bit and uh, conflict diamonds. And, and I, I don't even I can't even begin to tell you what all they have on the TLC. Uh, Section of the the yeah check
0: out TLC Weddings if you're interested in a different perspective yeah they'll take it in the whole
1: like wedding you know angle but we also have lots of sciencey stuff and and a lot of stuff on um, I've mentioned mentioned in passing about it diamonds use in uh, in uh, drilling for oil but we have several really good articles dealing with that
0: yes you can find us on Facebook too if you want to send us crazy pictures of diamonds the diamond I don't even know. We've gotten some good pictures lately. I want to yeah, encourage this picture pictures. sending. Yeah, so you can find us at Steph from the Science Lab, or you can always send us a tweet. Uh, LabSteph is our handle on yeah. Twitter.
1: And if you got a good science joke or a really bad science joke, uh, hit it with us You know, at any of those uh, addresses. Uh, let us know who you are and where you're from, and, and we'll try and throw it at the stop of the podcast.
0: All right, that's all we got. Shine on Crazy Diamond.